Good morning and welcome to worship. Now here we are in the comfort of our own homes and on this very snowy, cold morning, we get to join our hearts and our minds together to worship God. And that is a wonderful way for us to utilize technology. Now I'll tell you, I wasn't sure that I was going to make it home last night. I, I finally made it home late last night and I will tell you the last four miles of driving were not safe at all. It was actually the worst blizzard kind of conditions that we've ever driven in. There there was somebody coming the wrong way down one of the one-way parts of Millersport Highway as we were driving home, and so it was not a safe place to be. So seeing that, I'm glad that we decided to worship virtually this morning, even though we can't all be together in one place, because right now, this morning, I, I really do want people to stay off the roads. I want to make sure that, that the road get cleared, that people are safe, and that we're not making things harder for those who are already trying to clean up the roads and those who are already rescuing those who are in bad situation. Let's, let's not make anything harder today. And so we get to worship from the comfort of our own homes. And so here I am with you virtually on this beautiful Sunday morning, because to me, it is beautiful. And I'm even, you can't really see because the camera doesn't show, but I'm even wearing a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt. And so look at, at what you've done to me. You, you know, I'm even wearing a Buffalo Bills sweatshirt on the Sunday morning as we worship together. And so do me a favor, chime in in the chat. Let us know that you're here. Say hello. Say good morning. See who else is chiming in. And let us gather together virtually in this place, whether on Facebook or on YouTube, because this is available on both platforms at this moment. But let us gather together in this place, worshiping with our hearts together, even when we cannot be together in person. And now I will tell you that this is a brief worship service. It's really put together at a very late moment. I didn't get home until after 10 o'clock last night. I wasn't sure I was going to get home at all. Uh, and so this is a brief worship service, but I hope that it's still a blessing to you. But I do want to share two announcements. Of course, it's church. We've got to have some announcements. I do want to share two announcements for you. And the first announcement is for all of our folks who are interested in joining the church. It looks like Tuesday. The weather should be just fine. So Tuesday night at 6 p.m., we are going to have our new member meeting and dinner. So come to church at 6 p.m. on Tuesday if you are interested in joining the church and join with myself and our consistory president, Troy Hanks, and our new member committee. And we will gather together as we teach you about the church and get to know one another. So I'm excited about that evening. New member uh, meetings and dinners are always a blessing. And also, I want to say a huge thank you to John and Jeff and all of their helpers who made the rummage sale happen while I was away. And I saw it raised over $3,000. So amazing. Good job, all of you. How wonderful is that, uh, that you are able to do that? And so thank you to John. Thank you to Jeff. And then I know we had many helpers that were with John and Jeff. So I don't know who everybody was, but I want to say thank you to all of you as well. And also there is a children's moment video that I'm going to post in the comments and that will be below. I'll post that video in the comments. It's not a new video because I definitely did not have the, uh, the energy in the late hours of last night or very early this morning to put together a children's moment with the dogs. But I'm going to take one of our uh, slightly 
older ones. It's from just a little while ago. Uh, one of our slightly older dog uh, children's moment videos and post that below in case there's any little ones that need a lesson or older ones who need a lesson as well. And so now friends, let's join our hearts and minds together in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you now and always. Whether we're in church together or in the comfort of our own homes, Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We thank you for all of those who are out helping others. We thank you for those who are driving their tractors and their plows down to the places that have over six feet of snow and, and helping to clear people out. We thank you, Lord, for the helpers. We thank you for the firefighters from the North Towns that headed down to the South Towns to, to help with the emergency situations, to help people get out of their cars, Lord. We, we thank you this morning. And so we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon everyone, everyone who's been affected by this storm, everyone who is sitting in their home wishing that they were in church this morning, Everybody who is feeling lonely or cold, everybody, Lord, pour your Holy Spirit upon them and bless them with your spirit and your power. And we worship you in all ways, in all places. And this morning we turn to you in the name of Jesus. We praise you and together we say, Amen. <music> silence the roaring light 
our reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter. We will read verses 11 through 25. So if you are able, you can grab a Bible and you can follow along, or you can also just sit and you can listen. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple, and when he looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. And on the following day, when he came from Bethany, he was hungry, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see whether perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And then they came to Jerusalem and Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out those who were selling and those who were buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. He was teaching and saying, is it not written, my house shall be called the house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And when the chief priest and the scribes heard it, they kept looking for a way to kill Jesus, for they were afraid of him because the whole crowd was spellbound by his teaching. And when evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw that fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I tell you, if you say to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea. And if you do not doubt in your heart, but believe that what you say will come to pass, it will be done for you. So I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, forgive. And if you have anything against anyone, so that your father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
Hello, and let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, I thank you and I praise you for allowing us to be here today to worship online together, even when we aren't together in person. I thank you and I praise you for allowing us to join our hearts and our minds together so that we can worship you. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So I had some aha moments while I was in Israel. Seeing the places where the stories from the Bible originated helped me to understand things in a whole new light. And one of the things that I have come to understand differently is actually in today's reading. Who here has ever been confused as to why Jesus cursed a fig tree? If you've ever been confused, do me a favor, hit the like button or just chime in, say, I have. If anybody here has ever been confused as to why Jesus cursed a fig tree. Now, the Gospel of Mark tells us specifically that this was not the season for figs. So why, when Jesus walked by a fig tree, when it was not the season for figs, why did Jesus curse the fig tree and make it wither and die? Now, I've heard people explain it in different ways, and maybe I myself have explained it in different ways. I've heard people say that Jesus was upset about what was to come, about his upcoming uh, death, his upcoming uh, betrayal, that he was upset about all of that, thinking about all that he was about to endure, about dying on the cross, about all the weight of the sins of the world literally on his shoulders. I've heard people say that that's the reason why Jesus was angry with this fig tree, because it was his emotions coming out. I've also heard people say that it was a lesson in power, that Jesus was teaching his disciples that he has the power to change nature. He has a power, the power to, to literally destroy and that his disciples would soon end up with that same power. I've heard both of those lessons, but neither of those lessons are what I learned in Israel. Are you ready to hear what I learned? Who wants to know? Anybody? <laughs> so here's what I learned. Fig trees are harvested in August. So when Mark says that it was not the season for figs, that's because it was not August. And some who have looked at the, the timing of this say that when Jesus was going by this fig tree, it was actually early spring. So in August, that's when a fig, a fig tree will be full of figs to eat. That's when it's going to be harvested. It will be abundant with figs. And when Jesus cursed this fig, it wasn't August, but instead it was early spring. But here is something that I learned, and now I'm finally going to tell you. So fig trees don't produce only one crop. Fig trees, mature fig trees at least, ones that are over a year old, actually produce two crops. Isn't that interesting? Fig trees produce true crops. The abundant crop, yes, it comes in August. That's the fig season. The abundant crop comes in August, but there's also an early crop, and that crop is called the Braba crop, and the Braba crop is harvested in May or June, which is springtime and that crop is made up of figs that come from the old branches from the previous year and if a fig tree a mature fig tree does not produce any of that braba crop if a fig tree 
does not produce any of those fruits that came from the branches the year before, then that's a sign that that tree is actually dead or dying because it's no longer able to produce any fruit. So if somebody sees a fig tree that's not producing a braba crop, it's actually a sign that it, that it's dead or it's dying and it's time to uproot that tree and to plant a new one. Which means that if Jesus walked by this fig tree in May, in spring, and there were no fruits at all on those branches, or even if it was April when maybe there might be a few signs, and then something was wrong with that tree and it was not going to produce a fruitful crop in August. So Jesus cursing the fig tree is actually not something petty and it's not just showing his emotions or even showing his power. I mean, it could be all of those things, but it's not just one of those things. But also, if a fig tree does not produce a braba crop, if a mature fig tree does not produce a braba crop, then it's not going to produce an August crop. And let's think about what that could mean to us. If we as followers of Jesus, do not produce good fruit now, if we do not produce good fruit in our first chances, then we need to make some changes or else we're not going to produce any good fruit later on. And then, well, we're as good as dead like that tree. Now, let's look at what happens after Jesus curses the fig tree, because here's another thing that I realized when I was reading this, is that a lot of times we only focus on the fig tree, or we only focus on what comes next, but it's all together. So let's read this all together. If we look at what happens after Jesus curses the fig tree, where does he go? He goes to the temple, and in the temple he finds who? the money changers. And the money changers are the people who are taking advantage of those who have gone to the temple to give their sacrifice. So people who are trying to worship God are going to the temple to make their sacrifice, but the money changers are people who are taking advantage of those very people who just want to go and to worship God. And here's how they, they were taking advantage of people. Let's say that somebody was going to, to offer a turtle dove as a sacrifice. That was a normal and expensive sacrifice. Well, they could buy a turtle dove for say two shekels, outside of the of the temple walls they could buy uh, or outside of the city walls even they could buy a, a, a turtle dove for for only two shekels but the second that they went inside the city walls or, or maybe even inside the temple walls it would cost them 10 shekels to buy that same turtle dove it would cost them significantly more money and so what people would do especially if they didn't have much money but they really wanted to go into worship they would buy turtle doves for those two shekels outside of the walls but then they would come in and then the authority inside of the temple would tell them that those turtle doves that they bought outside of the walls were not clean enough they were not pure enough they were not able to be sacrificed. They were not a worthy sacrifice is what they were told. And then they would make them go and purchase new turtle doves for significantly more money in order to make a sacrifice. It was classic highway robbery. And you know who gets taken advantage of the most in those situations? It's the people who already have the least. And that makes Jesus angry. Because when people who already have little are taken advantage of, that makes Jesus angry. Of course it did. It, it, it should make all of us angry. 
because the people in the temple who were supposed to be serving God were instead taking advantage of people who already had little. And Jesus did not like that at all. He didn't like people being taken advantage of. And so Jesus went into that temple and what did he do? He flipped those tables. He called them out for their hypocrisy because those money changers and and the authority inside those temple walls and all of the salesmen in the temple, they were like a tree that didn't bear any fruit. They were as good as dead. They weren't really serving God. They were only serving themselves. They were like a tree that was not producing a crop. And then after Jesus and his disciples left the temple, they, you know, the disciples and Jesus, they walked back by that fig tree, that same fig tree that Jesus had cursed. And the disciples saw that what had happened to that fig tree, it had withered and died so quickly. It had already withered and died. And then the lesson was suddenly complete. Jesus wanted them to see that, that his followers are not supposed to be like those who were inside those temple walls that were supposed to be serving God, but were only serving themselves. They were not fruitful, those inside the temple walls. Jesus's followers were not supposed to be like the money changers and the temple authority and the turtle dove salesmen. Jesus' followers were not supposed to be like that. Instead, Jesus' followers were supposed to be fruitful. They were supposed to be so fruitful that not only were they producing a Braba crop, but they were also producing a bountiful August crop. Jesus' followers were supposed to be and are supposed to be fruitful in all of our work. But what does it mean to be fruitful? This is something that us Christians say. We're always like, oh yes, we need to be fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? I mean, when I'm saying we need to be fruitful, I'm not talking about what it what it means in the beginning in, in Genesis when God says be fruitful and multiply. That's a completely different meaning. So what does it mean when we talk about being fruitful? Uh, well, let's think about what it means. So if a tree is fruitful, if a fig tree is fruitful, then it's producing fruit. And that fruit that it produces can sustain a person. Now, one kind of tree, we're going to separate from fig trees for a second and move to date palms. Because one kind of tree that I saw a lot of in Israel are date palms. There's a lot of date farms around there. And so here's a fun little fact about date palms that I learned. So we're going to learn more about trees from Israel. Uh, so date palms, they're very fruitful in Israel. There's tons of date, pa date palms. By the way, I didn't realize that dates came from palm trees, but there's a bunch of date palms in Israel and there's a whole bunch of them in Jericho. But 99% of people in Jericho are actually Muslim. And this is within Palestinian territory. And 99% of people who live in Jericho are Muslim. And so Muslim people are used to fasting during Ramadan. And so what they do before the sun comes up during Ramadan, what a lot of the people do, as they eat something, that's how they make sure that they're going to sustain themselves through their day of fasting before the sun comes up. And they will often eat a date. A big juicy date because that one date has enough sugar in it to sustain a person 
for an entire day. Now, a little fun fact about me is that I am actually allergic to dates. So for most people, a date will sustain them through an entire day. For me, a date will probably kill me, especially if I eat an entire one. Uh, but what does it mean to be fruitful when we think about it that way? If something is fruitful, if a, if a fruit is, if a tree, uh, let's say a date palm is, is fruitful, then it produces many of those dates. And just one of those dates, if it's a good fruit, can sustain a person for an entire day. But a bad fruit, in my case, also a date, <laughs> a bad fruit can harm a person, can maybe even kill a person. So what does it mean to be fruitful? Our words should be like the first crop, the Bareba crop of a fig tree. I'm going to bring us back to fig trees. Our words should sustain a person throughout the entire day. Our words should encourage others and lift them up. Our words should never tear people down. Our words should bless people. Our words should be those words. When, when somebody's having a bad day, they think back to what we said to them. And what we said to them should give them hope. It should give them love. It should give them encouragement. And our actions, our actions should be like the second crop. Our actions should help people. Whatever means we have to help people, we should make sure to use those means. Our actions should benefit others, not only ourselves. The people in the temple back then, they wanted to benefit themselves more than others. Our actions should benefit others, not just ourselves. That's what Jesus teaches us. Our actions should bless others and make their lives easier. That's what it means to be fruitful. That's what it means to bear good fruit. Our words and our actions need to be a blessing to God and a blessing to others we need to be like a fruitful fig tree, blessing others over and over again and sustaining them throughout the day. Jesus cursed that fig tree because it wasn't being fruitful, not even with the first crop. So it was as good as dead. But he uses that example for all of us. We need to be not like that fig tree, not like the money changers, not like the temple authority, but we need to be like Jesus wants us to be. We need to produce multiple crops. We need to be so fruitful that our words and our actions bless and sustain others and lead them straight to God. And now let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, on this cold and snowy day, we turn to you from the comfort of our own homes, and wow, Lord, we give you thanks for that. We lift up in prayer all of those who are cold, all of those who are struggling, all of those who are suffering in this day. May we figure out how we can be a blessing to them. We pray for those who are helping others at this time. We pray for those who are uh, going from safer places to go shovel out or plow out those who have six feet of snow. We pray, Lord, for all of those who are doing everything that they can to bless and to sustain others. And we ask that we can do that as well. And now we gather here with all of our hearts joined together as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, friends, as we end this service, go forth with the blessing of God. Go, go forth staying put in your home or going out to help others. Go forth and be blessed and be a blessing, a fruitful blessing to all.